good day to you all out there in the world of sports. Welcome back. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a little while, but not to say that we haven't been paying attention, our fullest attention, to all the sports out there. We missed you all terribly. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as much as you missed us, I'm sure. That, that is supported by me. <laughs> no. I'm here having a, um, a bacon and egg roll that I bought at the uh, footy game just down the road. Now everyone knows that um, a major component of attending sports is you know, supporting the, uh, you know, the bacon and egg roll stand or the, the hot dog or whatever they've got going there. Uh, you know, it's because it usually goes to a community type of benefit. You know, and that's that's something we're all about here at Behind the Player. We're all about community engagement. As long as they're playing sports in that community. Yeah, well, I mean, imagine a community without sports. I was thinking about this. Garbage. Wa- walking from the stadium to, to the studio that I read somewhere on the internet that... There have only been two communities in history that did not have sports. And mm. both of them ended in complete carnage. So, Easter Island, you know Easter Island? I do. They had sports. Pardon me, folks. They had sports for most of the existence of the population on Easter Island. And then the master of Easter Island, he wasn't a chief or anything, he was a master, decided to cancel sports because he thought it didn't have a place in society. I know. It's shocking. That's crazy. I know. I, I couldn't believe it when I heard it. Anyway, so he cancels sports, and then that's when they started eating each other, and that's how the population of Easter Island disappeared, because they didn't have sports. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can definitely make an argument that a, a lack of sports leads to degeneracy in society. Absolutely. Um, I mean, look at what happened with... Um, you know, Nazi Germany. I mean, not to get too um, too sensitive, you know, straight into the podcast, but I'm coming no, no, in no, hot. Fine. I'm coming in hot, Brian. Um, yeah, look at Nazi Germany. You know, as soon as they stopped winning at the Olympic Games, that's when they started like killing lots of people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. I mean, that's historically verified. A lot of uh, plane activity over the stadium today. Racing planes. So look, the first thing. Uh, that we should say is that um, for the first time, uh, at least in the history of Behind the Player, we are in the same room at the same time. Brian's uh, in uh, in Sydney on assignment, so we're able to actually be seated across from one another in the studio today. And I can verify that Brian is eating a bacon and egg roll, which was legitimately purchased from a uh, the sports sporting, stadium. Yes, yeah, a, a sporting event site. Hey. I just want to mention one thing before we continue. You were mentioning Nazi Germany. Mm. And um, I don't know if you knew this. Well, I reckon you probably do know this because you're Josh Ahern. Right. Um, That gassing was actually a sport in which people would go into a room and slightly gas themselves only to get a little bit high. And it's when sporting became illegal in Germany that they decided that gassing became a weapon of, of murder. Is that like hotboxing? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what gassing used to be. You know, I, I didn't know that. I mean, that sounds I'm almost, surprised that you didn't know that. That sounds almost too incredible to believe, but... Um, there, the world there of sports is too incredible to believe, but here we are. Yeah. Sports is full of uh, events where you go, well, 
you know... I, How many times have you said during a play, I can't believe that just happened? I've said it at least a thousand times. <laughs> uh, so tell us about, um, about what brings you to Sydney. Brian, there's some, there's some exciting... Um... Well, Josh, I was brought out by the Bankstown Brewers, mm. the uh, phenomenal sporting team. One of the best. And um, they asked me to actually help them with uh, their plays and their strategies. Um, I mean, I'm not exactly, uh, how do I say, I'm, I'm not, it's not the sport that I've, that I've followed the most. I mean, I've followed pretty much every game, but I do tend to prefer cricket right. over most sports. But anyway, so um, with my knowledge of their sport, the Brewers asked me to come out and help them uh, with strategies, and here I am. And I've just gotten back from watching one of the games in which they won, actually, if I may say. I'll oh, pardon the noise. Would you, would you say that that's uh, due to your influence? Due to my influence? Yeah, I would. The victory? I would, I would definitely say that my influence was uh, of high regard in this instance. Well, that's fantastic. Ugh, look at that jet. It's really going. Yeah. You know, it's, Forward. It's, it's sort of, um, it's great that we're doing this on a day like today where, you know, wherever you look, there's a sport. Uh, you know, in the air, you've got planes flying around and, and chasing each other. Yeah. And on the field, you've got uh, strapping young men sort of slamming into each other. Women as well. Women. Yeah. Let's not disregard the fact that women also play sports. Yeah, right. But yeah, you, you know, you've got... Um, there's yeah, even sports and music. Have you listened to Dragon Force? I have. That's incredibly, incredible music. It's <laughs> <laughs> Dragon Force is like, if you wake up at four in the morning and then you eat like, you eat like ten raw eggs and then you go for a run and like, you reach that point, you reach that point where you're going to puke. <laughs> <laughs> then you just fucking push through. Yeah. That's Dragon Force. Well, yeah, I mean, not yet. <coughs> you, you push through, you keep going. <laughs> And then, I'm oh, sorry, I meant that's the intro of the Dragon Force. That's the beginning of the song. Yeah. Um, real Dragon, real Dragon Force is where you reach the point where it's so painful to continue, <laughs> and then your friend comes up and punches you in the solar plexus, <laughs> and you just unleash this like stream. Of, um, <laughs> sort of <laughs> sort of mixed up egg vomit which just like you know it's like the breath of a dragon that's basically why <coughs> that's how dragon force began did you know that the color of egg vomit is actually how the flag of sports was created uh, yeah, I did know that. It's, uh, it's good. <clears throat> um, so what's in the news? Uh, look, there's a lot of stuff in the news. Um, you know, first of all, let's, let's touch on the, um, the, the controversy surrounding uh, Australia's um, 
winter games. Mm. So as you know, it's it's sort of I'm glad uh, we're addressing this. A cool a cool chill has descended upon the land, and uh, you know everyone's got their coats out. And what does that mean? It means luge. It means curling. It means all of these sports which Ski-ball. people don't usually think of when they think of Australia. And uh, the controversy is that sort of, um, you know, you've got this guy, Bobson Dugnut, who, who's basically come into the game and won every single event. Yeah. And people are saying, well, you shouldn't be able to enter every single event, you know. It should be banned. Because I, don't, I don't see what the problem is. Bobson is an incredible athlete. He is, he is the pinnacle of what an athlete should be. Mm, he's good looking. He's blonde. He's got blue eyes. He's very good. <laughs> he's he's very good looking. Yeah. I should say he's sort of what every man should look like. Yeah. And people who don't look like that, you know, I don't know about them. I heard that in um, in Thailand now you can actually get a surgeon to make you look like Bobson. Yeah, the uh, the Bobson cut. That's right. It's yeah. very popular. And you can understand why. Oh, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you want to look like a hero of humanity? Why wouldn't why wouldn't you want to look like the the most evolved specimen of a particular strain of um of blood, shall we say? That's right. The rest of us look like chimpanzees next to them. I I, I mean, I look like absolute garbage. Anyway, yeah, but put me next to that guy, and it's like I'm worthless compared to Bobson. Yeah, but he has he has spoken to us, and he did say to us how much he enjoyed our our podcast. So Look, it's it's, it's good worth to have something, um, right? It's good to have the imprimatur of the greats upon your efforts, and um, thank you, Bobson Dugnut, for that. Thank you, Bobson Dugnut. To you, I shall sing a song. Bobson Dugnut, sports ball. Bobson Dugnut, sports ball. Bobson Dugnut, Bobson Dugnut, Bobson Dugnut, sports ball. That's wonderful. Uh, many of the listeners out there might not know that um, Brian has a bit of a singing voice. For sports. Yeah, it's usually, I mean, if you ask him to sing... You know, if you do karaoke with Brian, it's really interesting because, um, you know, if somebody calls, like, living on a prayer or whatever, it's not good. It's not that good. But then if someone's, like, puts on We Don't Like Cricket, all of a sudden there's this, like... My blood boils. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, if if I may clarify, I'm a singer, but only competitively. Yeah. I mean... We've both taken the approach that you should only engage in in other activities in life if they can be sportified. Exactly. Eating should be about how quickly you eat and how much you eat. You know, what the Scoville heat unit index is on that food. You know, it's something. That's right. Something. It's got to be competitive. Like, what's the point of doing something if you can just be the same after? That's worthless. Yeah. Life is worthless unless you're competing. Life is worthless unless you are earning titles or at least trying to. You know, every activity that you do, like... I mean, that's even how I park my car, you know? That's, that's even how I have sex. I win every time. 
Mm. It's the first to orgasm and I'm always the winner. Yeah, well, I mean, that's important, you know, and that's, that's a record that you want to maintain. <laughs> you know, you don't... There may be a time, Brian, where you actually don't orgasm first and I, I'm just going to say to you that when that day comes, I don't want you to feel sad or like you're sort of declining as a person. Or, I feel like a failure. Yeah, but... W- I can hear my father in my ear going, you failure. Yeah, well, we all, we all can. Um, and that's hard. That's hard to deal with. Especially because um, if I didn't orgasm first, my father would say that to me and he was in the room. Did you get coached by your father? Yeah. 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 You know, in an informal way. He's from an older generation and he sort of... He didn't look. He sort of just judged what was going on from sound. Yeah. Um, Did he face the wall like in the traditional Greek days? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but but he'd say things to me like, um, that's not how you do it at all. And, um, you know, we're, we're sorry that you were born and... Yeah, but it's funny. In sort the of end, encouraging things. It, like yeah, that. exactly. In the end, you became this legend of sports mm. through your father's competitive sex coaching. Exactly, and you know what's weird? That that sort of followed me. I, I wouldn't say that it that it always helped. As you know, I was um, on my way to a, quite a promising track. I was beating records, but the records were only for the first half of each course. Okay. You know, I'd have this problem because I'd always think about Zeno's paradox and it would stop me from winning the race. You know, yeah, absolutely. You know, for those of you who don't know, Zeno's paradox, you know, it's a, he's a Greek um, mathematician of antiquity who posed the, the, the logical conundrum that you should never reach your destination. Because once you get halfway to your destination, and then you cross the halfway point again to your destination. That's right. And so on and so on and so on. Technically, you'll never get to where you're going. And that really um, captured me in young age. And even though I would reach the halfway mark of the, of the running track before anyone else, I would not be able to continue. You know, It would be an, an ever-decreasing amount of distance that I would cover until people would pass me. You know, I mean, it's just because I'm trying to apply sort of philosophical concepts to my life in every aspect, and sometimes it doesn't work out. So fucking thanks, Dad. So what else is in the news? Here's something we we haven't really covered that much. You and I were talking recently, and it's not exactly in the news, but about our sort of favourite... Um, baseball stars from the 90s. You know, we were sort of arguing the merits of Sleeve McDykel, who is an absolute champion of the sport. Yeah. Um, I think he won 58 home runs in one game in 1989. Yeah. I remember watching the game with my father. I was sitting on his lap. That's it. (laughs) That's my memory. (laughs) Well, it obviously made a big impression, you know. Yeah, rather large impression. That 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 record was almost beaten by um, Raoul Chamberlain, but um, yeah, nobody. Sleeve's record is still unbeaten to this day. Yeah, and uh, it's it's really inspiring, and I think that we should all follow that example. Um. Yeah, and you know, 
just <clears throat> I, I just want to sort of reaffirm that um, we love sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sport, sport. You know, the other day I was having a really, really rough day. In fact, I was having a rough week. Mm. And I have to admit that I purchased a gun. This is shocking. A, a semi-automatic. Because I needed to have the most intense gun I could have. And I had it loaded. And I was catching the train into the city. And I, I didn't know what I was going to do. However... I happened to walk past Scruffy Murphy's and they were playing cricket on the screen. And immediately, immediately, my mood changed. I threw the gun into a bin and um, I went and watched the sports and I felt so much better about who I was as a person and who everyone was as a person. I saw the beauty. It was like, it was like to me comparable to Thunderstorms and Dracula turning into butterflies and rainbows. Hmm. That's what sports is to me. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just crying a little bit. It's all right. You know, you're allowed to show your vulnerabilities on this program. If it if it involves sports, that is true. You know what? You know what sports is to me. Sports is like you know when you're cooking some bacon, and there's just that special pop of fat. On the griddle, that's sports to me. Sports is when you take a massive puff on that piff and you, you hit the, the mother load. Sports is like, you know, you, you're building something and you're building something for your whole life. Every day you put another brick, you know, and it takes your whole day to put a brick on this pile of bricks. And then, and then by the end, you just have this gigantic pile of bricks. That's sports. That's sports. So I want to talk about something. Okay. Something specific that happened in the news. A few days ago, uh, there was a death in sports. Mm. And um, Klimpy McDougal uh, has passed away, unfortunately. He was one of the greatest hurlers that mm. ever existed. Competitive hurlers. And no, I'm not talking about the sport in Ireland. Uh, this is a little-known sport of hurling, which involves uh, large amounts of food, being consumed and uh, regurgitated well, into sort of, um, various buckets. This anyway. sort of goes back to what we were talking about before because um, our friends in the band Dragon Force, I mean, people probably don't really know that band, but they're just personal friends of ours. And that's how they sort of got started is, is hurling. I mean, that's why we give them any time because otherwise it would just be music and who gives a fuck about that? That's right. Anyway, Klimpy... Uh, and that are passing away recently uh, because a fellow teammate who was the second best in the sport of hurling uh, decided to kill Klimpy. And <clears throat> mind you, it is to be understood that murder is legal in this game. Mm. However, given that murder is legal in the game, do you think that there should be punishment because of Klimpy's status as a sportsman? Well, murder's only legal while the game is in progress. That's right. And, and he was killed just after the game. Yeah, as I understand it, it was just after a, an amazing victory where he 
um, projectile vomited, and from what I understand, it was only corn. Um, <laughs> which, as uh, competitive hurlers know, to, to really um, make a sort of competitive throw, you need the material and you also need the accelerant. Mm-hmm. Um, corn would be considered a material. Uh, accelerant would be something like, um, as we mentioned before, uh, raw eggs or... Ipecac. Ipecac. Or, um, you know, <laughs> even uh, like a tiny bit of arsenic. Um, you know, there's all kinds of different strategies, but the fact that he was able to achieve such a distance... I mean, we're talking about six-plus metres here mm-hmm. with no accelerant, with just corn, is uh, pretty amazing. And... You can sort of, you can almost understand, and I'm not trying to excuse um, the crime, but you can almost understand the rage where you see somebody do something like that and you've worked so hard on your own hurling achievements and you know that you're never going to get anywhere near that level. Uh, So I can understand certainly the, the desire, the impulse to sort of commit that murder. Um, but of course, no. He needs to be punished to the full extent of the law because, because he killed. Well, the whole point of murder within hurling is you you anticipate, and you open the gullet just before the hurling takes place if you're able to, you know, physically to do so. I mean, part of the challenge of that is defending yourself from the many other blades on the field, and if you're not able to to do that then that death is considered fair and part of the game mm-hmm. but afterwards you know it's it's a completely um it's not a constructive play at all mm. so i'd have to say that on a sporting level it was um just not not very intelligent not very strategic uh, it's not fair to the rest of the players either and on a moral level it's probably wrong mm. yeah okay okay now, um, can we talk about sports? It's time to talk about sports. I, I want to mention something. Okay. <clears throat> I, I, there's an issue on my mind. And it's been, it's been on my mind for a long time. And I think it's about time that we spoke about it. Okay. That is cricket. I want to talk about cricket. Well, okay. Well, I mean, look, this is something we've been um, deferring, I suppose, because once we get into cricket, there's no getting out of it. It's it's difficult because it, it's always on my mind. It's it's cricket's always on my mind. It's it's Brian's um, number cricket's one. Cricket's always on my mind. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Continue. Cricket's always on my mind. Maybe I didn't tell you I was batting for the team. Little things I could have thrown and batted, I just never took the team. Anyway, um, so I wanted to say that I think the number of points you can get Mm. on a bat and a ball should be seven. And I know that this is a difficult issue for many people, and it has been discussed many times through the centuries. Mm. Nice pun. Um, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. You know, you're, you're going for that extra uh, point. That's right? right. And it would make, I believe, players 
play faster if there were seven points? Well, look, for, for the listeners out there who aren't familiar with this um, controversial movement at which Brian finds himself at the forefront, uh, he's basically saying that if you hit a ball with a bat and that ball, that ball goes outside of the playable zone, then it should be seven points rather than six. That's, that's what I believe what about, in my core. What about Because it used to be five. Yeah. And they increased it to six in 1973. And that definitely improved the game. People ran faster. Mm. And I think that given human evolution, um, we can afford to run even faster. Therefore, increasing the points to seven rather than six. Look, there's always that, that joke about cricketers. That if you look at cricket back in the day, you know, in the 60s and stuff, um, the, the players were, shall we say generously uh, rotund they, they didn't have to be in the best shape no. you know if you if you fast forward to today and you look at the cricket teams of today they, these sort of chiseled um you know hellenic gods that that take the field today versus the sort of um you know flabby like schooner in hand figures of disappointing you. figures well look you you have to give them their due and you have to acknowledge that um, they were doing amazing things in the day and we wouldn't have the game today without the players of yesteryear but it is important to note that as you say the transition from um, five points to six for a ball outside of the boundary is probably what spurred that change that's right I, I think that if we increase it to seven we will have superheroes playing Mm. Not just heroes, as they are to all of us, superheroes. Can you imagine Batman playing cricket? <laughs> hey, Josh. Knock, knock. Uh, who is there? Cricket. Cricket who? Nothing else matters. Uh, 100% agreement from me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Back to your question. Can I imagine? Can I imagine Batman playing cricket? Yeah. Um, only I can imagine it, but only if there are seven points. Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> Batman would probably come onto the field, and and they'd be like, "Just hit this ball there," and he'd be like, "That's really easy," or whatever. You know, his dumb voice. Yeah. And then they'd that they'd be like, "Yeah," and when you do that, you get six points, and he'd be like, "I'm out of here." <laughs> like he wouldn't be. You he know, wouldn't even be there. Like six points. He wouldn't you know, even be there if it forget was that. six points. Yeah, but I also have to say that I know there's also a um, a movement, and I, I, I'm actually not sure if you're involved in this because I haven't spoken to you about it. There's a movement to change the, the four points to five, and I disagree with that. Uh-huh. Uh, as you know, the, the four, what's called the four in cricket, is if the ball hits the ground before it exits the boundary, but then exits the boundary. That's right. Now, I don't believe that should be changed from four to five. I think that should be that should remain. And the point of that is that the the difference between the uh, highest scoring manoeuvre and the next highest scoring manoeuvre is made greater. And therefore, you know, a four is still great, but in the overall sort of points aggregation of the game... It, it doesn't matter as much. You know, it's, it's pushing the players to get to, to reach that final hit. I also think that four 
I agree with you that it should remain as four. A um, little bit of history mm. lesson for you. Uh, Josh already knows this, but a little bit of history I lesson do, for I all you uh, listeners out there. Four is a reference to the original cricket game. So cricket and golf were born of the same sport, mm. which was Krolf. And in Krolf, there was a bat that was thinner. It was somewhere between a cricket bat and a golf club. And when you hit the ball, people would say, four. Mm. And that's where the term uh, four well, that's why we say four <clears throat> points. It just came it's actually from spelled people. F O R E. Yeah, and it just came from people saying that. I mean, there's no people think that it sort of refers to uh, a particular occurrence in the game, but it doesn't. It's just that people would say it when it happened. That's right. But back in the day, this is in the early seven hundreds. Um, four actually just meant sports ball. Mm. So they would just be chanting as a, as a group, as a community, for, in recognition of sports ball. Well, that, that is the old English translation of, of the word sports ball. That's right. So we're in agreement. We leave, we leave ball well, inside, four points. Ball outside, seven points. I, I wouldn't say that we're in agreement. We're, we're in agreement on the first part. The second part, I don't know, it's, um, it's pretty controversial. As you know, I'm a bit of a traditionalist. Mm-hmm. And to me, um, I, I sort of am not, I'm not sure about the overall impact of the game. Although I do really like the idea of inviting Batman to play. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm torn on that one. I mean, what other, what other sort of characters can we, can we get involved? Like Superman? Um, okay. Uh, Wonder Woman? So we're all f- it's all DC Universe, though. Uh, Spider-Man. Okay, that's a bit of a crossover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, well, we just want superheroes. Which one of those would be better at cricket? Probably Spider-Man because he can like. <clears throat> he would be able to catch really well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He can catch a ball from like the other side of the stadium. No matter how high it is. Yeah, you can just catch it as soon as it gets. But hit. then again, Superman could too. Yeah, that's true. He would get seven points all the time. Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of like there's almost no point playing the game if Superman's involved, Um, you know. But in in a way, our our athletes are are Superman, you know, and I I think Superman originally is sort of meant to be, um, you know, the the Freudian ubermensch, you know, the the ultimate representation of us all. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, who says Shane Warne isn't Superman? I I would never say that. As in, I would never say that he's not. Yeah, exactly. And I wouldn't either. I would never say that. And I might occasionally make the claim that he is. And, and not just him. All, all those others, you know. Um, you know, Rory Rochigal and all, all, those, all those amazing... <laughs> I'd have to get rid of my Spleagy McTractor tattoo if, um, if I was to disagree with myself on this issue. Yeah, I would I would uh, advise you to never disagree with yourself, because that that is just trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, there there is something that uh, I wanted to bring up. Yeah, and it relates to cricket, but to all sports. Let's talk sports. All right. So if you're ready to get into sports, 
Um, let's discuss the issue of um, uh, seasonal aggregate point systems mm-hmm. in sports. Yeah. Uh, and we, we discussed this briefly the other day. Um, there were no microphones there, so we should probably do it again. Yeah. For the let's, sake let's, of the listeners. Let's talk points. Right. <coughs> I'm all about points. You're all about points. Sports is about points. Life is about points. Everything's competitive. That's right. Um, you know, come come prepared to play or don't come. That's right. Uh, and in the spirit of that, what would you say to a new idea where points carry over from game to game? Uh, yeah, I think that that's a very interesting concept. I believe points are things that should be recognized through your life and failures as well. Right. So I remember when I was a kid, I got like three points. And I reckon those three points should be recognized now and not be forgotten. I recognize those points, and I will never forget them. I can promise you that much. That's right. That's right. That's right, motherfucker. I got a point yesterday. I feel pretty good about it. I recognize and um, respect your point. I mean, when I was a kid, I'm not trying to brag, but I got seven points. Um, I, I do believe that. I do believe that you've got seven I'm points. Not, I'm not trying to um, come in with a higher number just for the sake of it. Um, <clears throat> but it would be great for me if if I could use those seven points at, at any time. And if those would add up to the other points that I've had and made. I remember once... I mean, did you ever do a job interview? Generally, no. generally Brian and I are headhunted. We, we don't... Uh, I've only had to do one job interview in my life, um, and I don't think Brian's ever had to do one. No. Because we're at the stage where, you know, people know us, people know what we can do, people know what we know. They don't know what we know, but they know how much that we know. It's generally like, you know, they come to us and say, we need you to do this, and you are the only ones who can do it. When you're in that position, you don't do an interview. No. But the interview that I did do, it was to be the um, the mail uh, the mailroom boy uh, of a multinational insurance company. And when I went into the interview, <coughs> they said, um, "What do you consider your greatest accomplishment?" <laughs> and I said, seven points." Um, you know, what skills can you bring to this interview?" And I said seven points and they had no idea what I was talking about and I I found that offensive and outrageous Mm. and I kind of um, that's really what set me off on this crusade is that humiliation of not having these people sort of accept my greatness based on this very solid evidence from the points that I made from the sport well if I can be honest with you Josh you can. I would give you three points right now. Well, I think you earn it. Honestly, the, the the two of us sort of are getting points every day by default because we're so involved in the sport, ball, and everything that we do is like you know competitive and, and points based. Thank you, thank you for that. Ah, you thank yourself again. I'm not trying to come in with a higher number for the sake of um, one upping you, but I'm going to give you four points. Oh, it's okay. It's all right, buddy. So, in the news, Plik and Plomp has been banned in Indonesia. 
Why would they do such a thing? I you don't know. know. <coughs> the, the government's having a lot of trouble with Pleak and Plump. And you know, there have been a lot of, of mysterious moves in the night. You know, they say that um, <coughs> Indonesia's our closest ally. Somebody says that, anyway. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah. Probably the greatest <coughs> sportsman of all time. We, we, we do have some closeness to them. We did um, help Sahado massacre a lot of people. We, mm-hmm. we Competitively. Assisted. Yeah, we assisted with that. <coughs> I think we won. Well... I'd say he won. I, I mean, uh, I think conclusively, um, uh, five hundred million. That's a big number. Um, but you know, there's always more. There's always more that fall by the wayside. Yeah. Um, Myanmar's winning. Well, they're always winning, and also Saudi Arabia, as mentioned before in a previous episode, they're That's doing right. great things in the Yemen. Very competitive. Yep. Um, and so back to Indonesia, I mean, we, we helped them quite a bit when they sort of said, we want to get rid of all these people. We were like, cool, let's train you. And then when journalists from Australia went over to like check it out and report on it and the Indonesian um, military just summarily executed them. And again, our government was like, no, that's cool. It's all good. Well, it was um, for the sake of competition. Yeah, um, you Which know, we've is been completely understandable. So we've been very obliging towards Indonesia in a lot of ways, um, which is great. <clears throat> but yeah, in terms of like pleek and ploop, I mean, is this going to be the the final straw? Is this going to be the thing that that finally forces Australia to say, "Well, hang on, this this that's you know, just not sports. That's not sport at all." I mean, it, it's we're okay with you. Um, attempting to annex East Timor and, um, you know, sort of brutally massacring village by village and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Because that's all quantitative, you know. I mean, that's all... There are numbers there. You, exactly. You exactly. just get numbers up on the boards and that's it. But... But banning, banning Plick and Blomp, I think, is a way to get closer to the demise of civilization as we know it. And... I mean, look, if I, could, if I could say one thing to Minister McGee of Indonesia, it would be play ball. And I think that he would understand. I think that would get through to him at his very core, in his soul, in his heart, if I was to say to him, if we were all to say to him, play ball. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you can email McGee at Indonesia.com and say, play ball, then I think we're all doing better well, for, hang for the world. We're I, doing the world. I support favor. that, but I I think you may not actually need to email anyone. You may be unaware of this, but um, Minister McGee follows you on Twitter. Uh, does he? He does. Ah, uh, I mean, I have a lot of followers. He does. I mean, Brian has a lot of followers, but also you know the other thing too. So, yeah, let's say bring back Pleak and Ploop. You know, as we were saying before about Easter Island, if you remove all the sport, then... You remove all the heart. Well, not only that, you you sort of remove... Every human being is just scant minutes away from deciding that the human being closest to them looks like a really nice meal. You know, that's baked into all of us on a genetic level. Um, It's part of God's plan. 
and it was it's his will that we uh, just sort of resist the urge to cannibalism through all these systems. Mm-hmm. You know, and religion used to be enough, but it's not anymore. Now, sport is the main it's the main thing we use to stop ourselves from, you know, tearing each other's bits off and sautéing them and um, with, you know, with a light ginger sauce. Yeah, a light ginger sauce and some um, some crushed, you know, almonds and um, mm, seared. Yeah, you know, I mean, everybody can, um, everyone can appreciate the the allure of a sort of piece of human thigh, um, sort of flash fried um, on a searing hot pan with a, a lot of pepper and a bit of lemon juice. I mean, uh, garlic oil. Yep. It's all, it's all pretty good. And but the point is that <clears throat> those desires exist, and sport is the thing that stops us from doing that. And as much as we can admit that we, we would like to eat each other, and that you know, um, sitting across from you is is making me a bit hungry right now. Yeah. I would Are you say, picturing it with uh, uh, a peanut sauce, a satay sauce kind of thing? That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sprinkled with um, fine herbs. Yeah, some chopped cilantro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cilantro. Cilantro. Did you know that cilantro is actually originally an Italian sport, which involves running in circles? And it later became NASCAR. That's the sport of NASCAR. Yeah, well, which is cilantro. why Americans sometimes yell, no, no, at NASCAR. Cilantro means um, run straight ahead, turn left four times a lap. That's that's what the word means. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those. Occasionally, you have a word in one language that doesn't have an exact. You know, you know, like you have Schadenfreude in yeah, German, yeah. which has no English translation, but everyone knows what it means. But cilantro it, it, is like that. It means and, catching a ball in the perfect mitt. Yeah, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. yeah. But again, catching a ball in the perfect mitt is harder to say than then, schadenfreude. That's right. And in the same way, run straight ahead, turn left four times a lap. Cilantro, you know, it's three syllables. It's so much better. That's right. Um, and that's why it tastes so good. Mm, tastes like sport. Even though, curiously enough, none of the um, official foods of NASCAR feature cilantro, but I think that's due to the ultra-nationalism of the American South. Mm-hmm. And their sort of desire to um, reclaim and recontextualize everything as, as their own. It's competitive, and I love it. Yep, agreed, hundred percent. But yeah, so you know, going going back to the uh, Indonesian question. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> I I hope that um, Minister McGee is listening right now, and I hope. Minister McGee, that you're paying attention and that you're aware of how serious this is. I put it to you that if you ban pleek and ploop, we will have complete anarchy and cannibalism in the streets of Indonesia yeah. um, before the fortnight's out. So step carefully. That's all I'm saying. Hey, can I show you? I learned quite recently the most Sports-related guitar riff. All right. Can I show you? Sure. 
Now, here's a, uh, we're going to have a, a really special, um, we're going to have quite a special segment here. Brian, um, <clears throat> apart from, you know, his disdain for the arts and music, which is completely justified, Brian does have a, a little tinkle every now and then, but it has to be motivated by sports. And I treasure our time together because it does, it does allow Brian to show me how um, sports inspires other things. So take it away. All right, here we go. How fucking sporty is that? Can you, can you do that again? That's amazing. I know. That's fucking sports right there. In you know what that makes me think of? fucking face. That makes me think of um, just the, the swish. You know, like when, when, um, you know, when somebody jumps for, the, for the, uh, the round thing and puts the other round thing in. Sports ball. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly what it... Do it, do it one so, more time. I don't, know if, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but you'll often hear it in sports when somebody does something... Uh, uh, incredible. So here's an example. And he's running. He's catching the ball, and he goes for it. You'll you'll often hear it. It's it's kind of like the um, what is that scream called? The Wilhelm scream. The Wilhelm scream. Mm. You don't notice it until somebody points it out, and then it's everywhere. Michael Jordan. I mean, I, I can't even say his name without doing it. Michael Jordan. Uh. Shane Wall. Um, Ray McSwift. Uh, <clears throat> Daryl Archerdeld. Uh, Todd Gonzalez. Carl Dandleton. Scott Dork. <laughs> well, the sound of sports. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, you know, that's just sort of uh, an illustration of the, the creativity that, that liking, that loving sports, I should say, can, can lead to. Yeah. I think, ladies and gentlemen, listeners out there in the world of sports, I think that if you have, uh, there are many different um, musical riffs, as they are referred to in the world of competitive music, uh, there are many different riffs. And we'd like to hear yours. If, if you come from a different area and potentially you had a different riff, I believe the riff in South Afghanistan is this. And that's just slightly different. Uh, what, was, what was the, um, the North Coast riff? Uh, <clears throat> here's the North Coast riff. Um, uh, unlike Brian, I'm, I'm not quite as inspired by sports in terms of music but I have heard a bunch of North Coast stuff and it's that's inspiring I hadn't heard that one before. yeah generally I mean that's why the the North Coast is not really well known for its sports um, I'd say that if if you accept this as the summation of their musical output you know you're like okay brilliant um, well the the main thing with that one is that um, they 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 showed up, 
You know, that's what that says to me. They showed up, they made an effort, and they competed. They played the game. They did play the game. It's not the same as winning. It's not the same as uh, earning a title, putting numbers on the board, getting some points. Minister McGee, pay attention. But uh, they came and... They saw. I would say that that riff is the um, sort of musical embodiment of the reason why um, the last person on the North Coast to have been cannibalised and eaten... um, you know, that's that's like you're talking over like twelve years ago. It hasn't yeah. happened for ages. Uh, so yeah, if you guys would like to contribute the uh, the local riffs, uh, please feel free to submit either on Facebook or you can call in to o two nine nine five seven three four 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 five. Or you can you can email your submissions to behind the player at gmail dot com. We would love to hear from you. Or you can just post them up on the Facebook page. That's right. Um, specifically, what we're looking for, because as knowledgeable as we are, there are some knowledge gaps. Uh, I would say I, I don't really know um, what the sort of sport riff is in Morpeth, New South Wales. Uh, I, I did hear it, actually. Oh, you know this one? Yeah. Okay. That's pretty inspiring. Yeah, there's a lot of cats in the area. Right. Okay. Um, But yeah, we are missing a few. Uh, We don't have Batman in Melbourne. Um, We don't have um, Albury or Wodonga. And as far as I understand, because they're sort of opposing border towns, there's quite a um, a rivalry between those two towns. A rift. Yep. Between the rifts. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know, you cross that river. It's you. You better, you better bring it. You better bring it. That's what they say. That's the the song in Albury. Yeah. You better bring it. Yeah. Bring it. Bring it. Listen to my shit. You better bring it. Sucking on my titties. Bring it. Bring it. <laughs> I thought that was a Peaches song. No. Nah. Um. Anyway, Albury. Peaches yeah. is from Albury. Oh, is she? She is. Amazing. That's why there are so many peach trees in Albury. She's, that's what she's named after. That's right. You and know, that's, well, that's she, the local flora. She was a competitive peacher. Mm. Well, that's, I mean, I guess that's why we've heard of her. Because if she was just a, a music doer, then I guess... She'd be nothing. Well, she wouldn't have come to our attention at all. Yeah, we're also missing... Um, <clears throat> I don't believe we have any sport riffs from Borneo at all. Cote d'Ivoire, we don't have. I believe um, in the south of France, uh, Villa France-Sommer, we don't have. Uh, did you know that in France they don't say riff? They say riff. 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 Yes, I did know that. Yeah, but okay. it's good to point out for the listeners who... Who may not know any better. Well, it's... I mean... We're here to educate. We are here to educate, and I don't believe that our listeners know anywhere near as much as we do, either individually or together. That's right. Now, uh, I heard some news, Brian. Oh, yes? Just before we go, that... Um, I'm ready. May surprise some of you out there in behind the player sports ball lands Spotify. Spotify. Alice contacted me over social media, Mm -hmm. claiming that she had beaten you at Scrabble. Now I don't, I don't know, I don't know this person, but she basically got in touch um, as sort of it was like an anonymous tip, but when you know the person, 
person's name. So not so anonymous. We need to address these allegations directly. I take these kind of things seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to put it to you now. T- tell us what happened. Well, she, uh, we were both running head-to-head. And then she came around the corner and got me in a uh, Westerberg move, which I wasn't expecting. And to be honest, I have to credit her for her creativity. And uh, anyway, so she got me in a Westerberg and uh, soon cut me off on a Ridgemoor and ended up uh, winning the game by two points, which I must say at first was hard to deal with because... I'm just not used to losing. Yeah. But somebody had to lose. And occasionally, this is a life lesson, folks. If you're out there listening, which you are, it's important to know that there are times in life where you will lose. Most people out there will lose more than me. And it's, it, it builds character. And it's worth noting that without losing, you could never win. Indeed. I, I can um, <clears throat> I can sort of confirm this um, via the corollary. Um, I I don't have character because I've never lost, and this is something that I've confirmed with multiple scientists. So if you do lose, and one day I will lose at something, and that's going to be the first. I think time. you just got another three points. Well, I'm just racking up points all the time, and it's almost like <clears throat> it's sort of like a curse in a way, because I still don't know what losing feels like. And I think in order to be a sports ball, um, a fully rounded individual of, of that, you have to know what it's like on every side of the ball. That's right. And there are an infinite amount of sides to a ball. Yeah, a, a ball has, um, you know, 360 times 2 pi r sides exactly that's a lot of sides that's a lot of sides um you know and that's science and and mathematics so you can't argue with that three plus three is six that's right and that's where it begins so you know one one day maybe i'll figure out um what it's like to be to to lose and to be a real boy um but for now i i just have to sort of shoulder the weight like that guy who, who had to carry the world. I, f- I forget what his name is, but basically you, you have to bear this... Uh, worldus. Worldus. Yeah. Worldus, worldus hugs, right? That's right. Sometimes you just have to, to bear the, the weight. And I'm happy to do that for, for you, Brian, and for all the people at home. Um, you know, keep me in your thoughts, and one day I, I may be a real person to me you're more than that I'm simultaneously more and less to everyone I'm a mystery uh, wrapped up in an enigma um, in the shell of a sort of doughy um, person (laughs) alright now for the first time in the world of sports podcast we are going to have a live counting competition between Josh uh, and I. Are you ready? I've been, I've been, been waiting for this one. Three, two, Wait, one. Wait, did we start? No, no, no. I'm counting down before we start a counting do competition. We have a, but do we have a... Are you ready? Three, uh, two, one, go. 
1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 21,957.5. Holy shit. How did you do that? This, ladies and gentlemen, is why Josh is so well regarded in the world of sports. You know, I, I almost feel I'm like... I'm sweating. I'm sorry. Because that, that wasn't even... That wasn't very competitive and it wasn't fair. I'm just amazed that you came up with that. I'm, I'm willing to give you that. That's another f- five points. Ladies and gentlemen, today, Josh has earned three plus three plus five points, which is 17, isn't it? That's... Well, it's three plus three plus five points. 335 points. That's amazing. I don't know if that's what it adds up to, but I think it's I think it's acceptable for us to just say I've earned three plus three plus five and leave it up to the number crunches um, to determine the rest. In any case, um, <clears throat> look, I'm only, I'm only here just trying to serve the public... Um, <clears throat> You know, I, I sort of have three. I have Plus, three rules that I try to live by: serve the public trust, protect the innocent, uphold the law, and respect. And show show some respect to me. Is the fourth rule. Well, uh, that just about brings us to the end of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us once again on Behind the Player. Uh, we truly appreciate your input and your dedication. Uh, to us as much as the world of sports, without which we would be nothing. I'm uh, I'm sorry we didn't get to read a mail this week. Um, there was just too much. Sometimes, uh, you know, when you're overwhelmed with information, it leads to option paralysis, and I just was unable to pick any one um, message. But I appreciate all of you. Please do write in again. We may find time to address that next week. And please, if you do write in, we're getting a lot of complimentary emails. It would be nice to get some constructive criticism from time to time. Yeah. I mean, I understand the difficulty of criticizing us constructively because we are that good at what we do. But please uh, do make an effort. If you think, because we're always trying to improve our game, we're always trying to get better at what we do. That's right. Some people might see that as an impossibility, but we don't, and that's why we are the best. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, folks. Thank you. Good night. Gone. We feel the pain of a lifetime of 
lost in a thousand days Through the fire and the flames we carry on